Good morning. Welcome to the Sunday morning uh, service. I am Jesse Lee Peterson. Thank you so much for being with me. You can get involved by calling 800-411-2663, 800-411-BOND, or email church at bondinfo.org, church at bondinfo.org. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. morning. How y'all? I want to talk about sin today. We need to bring that word back. Have you heard that word lately? Have you heard it lately? No? You don't hear that word, huh? Sin. That's a word that we don't hear about anymore. And I wonder why. And I think when you don't hear it, you forget about it. Uh, do you ever think about that word? You never, nobody ever think of that word, huh? Yes, John. Oh, I had a question uh, about how God communicates to us, um, I guess, before we get started. Oh, okay. Uh, I heard you talk about uh, that we should uh, listen to the uh, voiceless voice. Right. And um, I I was wondering the other day, uh, I'm under the impression that if we sit still enough, that that, uh, God is able to talk to us. Right. Um, But does he talk to us through... Through our minds or through uh, our thoughts, I was just wondering about that. And you have read, you have heard of the voiceless voice, right? Uh, I, I, God yeah, said my, that His children, He said, "My my people shall know me by my voice," and His voice is the vo- voiceless voice. And then there's another voice that you hear all the time. Okay. Um, so you are familiar with that, right? Yes, I've heard right. of that. So you want to know when God speaks to you. Does he do it through the mind? Yeah, I was wondering if uh, when God speaks to us, is, is it through a knowing or through silence? Um, or is it a parallel that just one voice, your thoughts are talking to you, and also there's another voice telling you the truth in the form of thoughts? That's a good question. What it does, he split the mind, and he speaks to you at the right side of your brain, and the devil talked to you on the left side. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Anybody ever had God to speak to them? Nobody? Oh, okay. This young lady going to add uh, answer that for you, John. Well, wow. <laughs> um, I was about 12 years old, and I my mom was working really hard. Had to catch three buses to go to work, and. It was hurting me to see her go through that, and I was disturbed, and I started crying, and I was asking God, why is my mom going through all this? And a voiceless voice told me to, you just do what you're supposed to do, and I will take care of your mother. And did it speak through your mind, or out yonder somewhere, or? It, it didn't seem like it came from my mind, but it, I know it was a voice, but yeah. it I didn't hear it. And how old were you? I was about 12. And that the last time he spoke to you? Um, no, I've heard him speak again, but I, this was stick, stuck with me so right. long yeah. that I'll never forget it. Yeah. And since you've been older, has he spoken to you? Yes. And was it in your mind or so no, we can help you? No, ne- it's never in my mind. It, I just can't explain it. It's just, but you know it's him. Oh, okay. Did that help, John? Yeah, a little bit. A little bit? Yeah. Yes, a little bit. Okay. Um, yes? Uh, the vision, in my experience, it's been a vision with me. A vision? A vision. Okay. It's like uh, whatever's going on in my head, I'll get, I wouldn't say a picture, but it's like looking at that flag. Everything is laid out for me. When to do it, how to do it whether it's uh, go to a place or, or go to a person. I just see it. It's just there. All I have to do is go along with everything that's written out. And so do you hear a voice? No. You don't hear a voice? No. You just see it? I just see it. It's a vision. It's a vision. It a just, vision? Yeah. What does it look like? It's not a, well, I would say, I just like, uh, I just know in my mind, you do this first, you do this second, you do this third. It, it's just like that. Just follow the order. Oh, okay. It's already written out for you. It's already, I would say, I call it written, but actually it's already spoken. It's like a spoken word, unknowing. It's no voice. It's it's just a vision. You see what to do. 
Okay. I just said it's being written out. I could be wrong in, in saying it that way, just words, but in my, my mind, I just know what to do, just like looking at my fingers, blah, 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 blah. Okay. I just follow that order, and it works. Did that help? Yes, Lord. A little bit more. Yes. <laughs> we can get 10 people, we'll have a full picture. Yes. I got, um, yeah. I've had something, I, I, I wouldn't want to call it God talking to me, but once in a while you get an insight. And I know it's an insight because right away my brain takes it and messes it up. Right. And that's the only reason I know it's real. I, I, I don't know how else to say it. I, it's like tuning a radio in. Right. All of a sudden the signal just comes in. And the moment, the moment I start putting words around it, goodbye insight. So I have to kind of tell my brain to shut up. But that's all I know. <laughs> and how often do you, does he talk to you? Well, I don't know. I, like I said, I don't want to call it God talking to me. Oh, okay. I don't know. I, 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 so I, if, okay. I don't know. It happens once in a while. All right. I get that insight once in a while when I need it. Okay. Did that help? Yes, a little bit. A little bit. We put these pieces together. Let's go there. Way in the back. <laughs> I've had God talk to me. Um, <laughs> my experience has been that I've asked for uh, maybe a resolution to an issue, and then... You know, the answer will just come. It's hard to describe. It's not even, it's not something that is even a thought or anything. It's just the answer is there. And it's kind of, if I had to describe it, it would be like an invisible uh, knowing. And it's just answered in that way. So it's not in words. It's not in my mind. That's how I know that it's God because it's not the things that I've depended on before. Okay. And how often does that happen? In every blue moon. <laughs> Not that often. <laughs> okay. Did that help? Yes, it helped. Is that the whole thing now? <laughs> let me tell you this. Um, and I want you to let, I'm, I'm just going to add to what they have said, um, but I don't want you to hold on to these words at all because Satan will take these words and use them against you. He'll, he'll give you a false impression of what God's voice is like. All right? So just listen to it, but don't hold on to it. Um, I remember when, about 25 years ago, you know, I was sitting and praying, and, and I just had this desire to know the truth. I wanted to know what was right and understand it. So I'm sitting there, and I wanted to know myself, because I have read that, you know, if we believe in God, we should live as children of God. You know, he would take care of us and all that kind of stuff. So I'm sitting and praying, and all of a sudden, um, I just had, it was revealed to me. You know, it just came out like out of my belly and not out of my head at all. Mm. Excuse me. And it was revealed to me. And in that, I knew it was his voice. It's like a revelation. I could just see in a way that I had never seen before. And it was without words. It was, um, it was just, you can just see it. You know, you just, he just revealed things to you. It's almost like what well, it is like he reminded me of something that I already knew but had forgotten about it for some reason. And so his voice is like that. It just, it just, it's a revelation, it's just annoying. And I noticed that he doesn't just do it that way all the time. He, you know, he gives you what you need to know and you live off of it. Like Richard was saying and others, you just see what to do, you know, just clear what to do. And when you can't see what to do because you now recognize his voice, you just continue to do what you're doing until he shows you something else. And unlike Satan, Satan is always showing you things. You notice that? Always trying to show you something. Did you guys watch it? What, did I give out an assignment this week? Last week? What was it? Oh, yeah, watch the ego. Did anybody do that? You did it? Oh, good. And what was it like? No, my question is, um, I have a different question. Oh, okay. Let me do the ego thing for you. Anybody watch the ego this week? You watched it, Raymond? Yeah. Okay. What was it like? <laughs> well, have you ever heard of a spoiled brat? That's why I see uh, this is all my ego. That's a good example. <laughs> exactly. A very good example. It's, it's all, everything you are is ego. Everything you think about, everything you do, everything is about you, and you don't realize it until you pay attention to it. Why, why no one else paid attention to it this week? 
Oh, you paid attention? Yes. Uh, yeah, I watched it, and what I really stood out to me was um, I had instances where I would be angry over a situation or angry at somebody else. Right. And it was just constantly always trying to put the blame for my anger on the other person. Uh, instead of focusing on my anger, it would try to, you know, wanted me to blame somebody else yeah. for, for that. So that was interesting to watch. Yeah, it just talked to you. You try not to do it, it tell you why and give you reasons and everything. All ego. And no one else did it. Oh, you did it. You watched your ego this week. Yeah, I wa- watch it, but the problem that I have with it is uh, getting entangled with it. Is, uh, um, you know, I can't get rid of it, and it's it just like... <laughs> It's, it's, I guess you, I identify with a part of it, and it just, it has this pull. It has yeah. this incredible pull to pull you right on in, and the next thing you know, you're having a conversation with yourself, and then you realize, then yeah. you stop, <laughs> and then, you know, you go about your business, and then it'll come back again. Sure will. Isn't that amazing? I think, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It'll drive you crazy, too. Well, the one thing you shouldn't, try to do is to get rid of it because you can't fight it. The more you try to get rid of it, the more it consumes you, your mind and your emotions. And it causes you to do the things you don't want to do because it's a spirit and you can't, it's the ego to have you thinking that you can get rid of it. What you have to do is sit still for a moment. Just, you have to become aware, come back into this reality instead of being lost into an illusion. Yeah, what happens, Just take a moment and become aware. What happens is um, I notice it, and sometimes I'll get entangled with it, and then I'll be aware that I'm going back and forth with it, and I'll just stop, like freeze, and then uh, everything's good, and then the process will start all over again. So, but not not directly, but sometime later when I'm not paying attention. <laughs> That's a good point. As soon as you get past that, he'll find something else for you, right? Yeah. And the key is you're not paying attention. The more you get to know yourself, the more you pay attention, you see him coming, then he can't overtake you. But when you go unconscious again, when you're not paying attention, then you're back into a state of unconsciousness. You've left the presence of God and gone back into this illusion, so you're not paying attention. But you got, even when you got to pay attention... Even when the pain is not there, you need to pay attention. And that's what's missing. And then the more you pay attention, the closer you become to God, and he can't come, Satan can't come and just overtake you like that. Mm. But he will not let you rest. He goes from one thing to another. I don't know how he has time to deal with anybody else. He's so busy with one person. (laughs) Isn't that amazing? Yeah. But he's treating everybody the same. And some even worse. So just pay attention to that. Be aware. Stay, stay in, the, in the moment, in the presence of God. And then you'll just start to grow out of it. All right? Okay. But do not get frustrated. And also, don't try of your own will to get rid of it. You cannot. Of ourselves, we can do nothing. Okay? All right. Yes, sir. Um, I just wanted to bring an example from that I relate to, and uh, that you of what you were just talking about about n- um, not just doing and not being uh, out of emotion. Yeah. Or what what you were saying right now, I thought about something when I I used to box. You know, I used to box and all that. And when I first started boxing, I used to try to knock everybody out. That was you know, and yeah. I was and. Um, <laughs> Right, and and that's a, and it and it turned into a really hard, hard fight. Right, every single fight was really, really tough. And I have, and I actually knocked when I first started out. I knocked some guy out. Right, but it was completely effortless. It was of no anger, of no yeah. impulse, and it was completely at peace. And I review the footage, and when that actually took place, it was me just completely just flowing without any thought or anxiety that's right. and and he and I knocked him out and it was it was that's what astounded me and it seems like kind of the same principle that you were talking about right? yes it is 
when you're in the moment, it's amazing what you can do when you just live in the present. It's amazing what you can do. It's also amazing what Satan can convince us of. That's amazing to me, too. I'm, I'm dealing with some people right now, and I met with them yesterday. And Satan, Satan has them believe in things that are not true at all. It, just not, it doesn't even exist. It, it, but he, he picked out something that happened in the past that they did, and he has convinced them that this is going to be your outcome. You know, because he can't live in the moment with, with us. He has to take us to a false future. And he has convinced them that this is going to be the outcome where in reality, everything is fine in their lives. I'm like, look, take a moment and look at your real life. Not what it's going to be or what it has been. Look at right now and tell me what it looked like. And they took a few minutes and they looked around and I was like, wow, you're right. Everything is fine. The rent is paid. I got a job. Fat and sassy. You know, the family is well. You know, they got money in their pockets. Everything is fine right now, but he won't let them live in the now and see that he's giving them an illusion about what's going to happen. It's like once you lock into that, it's hard, to, as you were saying, it's hard to just come out of that. And they've been going through this for a while. And just taking one moment and look around you is all you really need. And, and so you can see the real reality. It's like, yeah, things are fine. Don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow, take care of itself. But he won't let you do it. Isn't that amazing? That's amazing that he can, your body can be here and your mind can be in Ohio somewhere. <laughs> or your mind can be thinking about lunchtime today while your body is sitting, sitting right here. We have to be where our bodies are, not be all out there somewhere. That's Satan playing a game on you. Isn't that amazing? To me, this is the most exciting thing about life, learning these things. Realize this is better than anything else I can have in life. Because the more you learn, the freer you become, the more you realize. I, I remember counseling one couple and the, the wife had been abused by other men and she was just sure that her husband was going to cheat on her too. She, he was like, but I don't cheat. And she was like, but you will. <laughs> if I don't keep my eyes on you, you will. But that's Satan telling her that. It's not real. You have to wait and see. But she could not believe it until she was able to forgive what has already happened to her. And it's, life is like that. It's crazy. No wonder people walk in the street. <laughs> Satan can give you a thought just before you go to sleep at night, and you're ready and tired and ready for bed, right? And he'll give you something that will scare you, and you'll wake up and can't go back to sleep all night. That ever happened to anybody? Yeah. He'll keep you awake, talking and turning all night long. That's how wicked he is. But if you don't believe him, he can't do it. And I want you to pay attention that he never give you anything about now. He always give you things about the past and the future. It's never about what your life is right now. All right, pay attention to that. And once you pay attention to that, then you won't trip off into the false future. It is insane. It is a spiritual battle. Yes, sir. You asked in the very beginning about sin and why people don't talk about it. Yes. Uh, because mostly in the Christian churches, sin Let is... Let me ask all... you this first. Have you thought about sin in your own personal life? Do you ever go around thinking, wow, I'm a sinner. I'm sinning. What does sin mean to me? Well, I... I no, I don't do that because I already know what sin is. Oh, and what, what is it? What it means to me. It is... It is cooperating with this entity within. You know, it, it, it's believing that, that you are what this thing is, you know, the, these thoughts and stuff. That's just, it's just, it's more a nature than it is an act. And um, I found that, um, like you were trying to teach us, that every moment is important. You know, there's no 
there's no moments where you can just relax and not be observant of yourself and see what's going on. Um, because those moments, you are being set up to be caught off guard for the serious, you know, that's the more serious point. That's moments. what I was saying to you. you. You know, like as soon as the pain is gone, then you go back into unconsciousness, and that's why you, you, you don't see the devil coming back again. You, don't have, you can't rest with the devil. You can't think that, oh, I, I, the pain is gone and I'm fine now. And that doesn't, that doesn't mean you stress yourself out trying to make yourself see, but you have to always be on the lookout. You have to pay attention. You know, and as far as, like, observing my thoughts and what's going on inside me, you added a little something just now that um, I think may give me a, a, a hand up on on overcoming it, and that is that, you know, there's like an unforgiving nature with with not seeing, you know, and that if um, I'm a little bit more aware that I get caught up into this thing, this this identity because of my unforgiveness, and yeah. if I can, like, kind of be aware of those two things happening, that I'll overcome this a lot quicker. Yeah, that's true. It's hard for me to understand how people can hear about forgiveness. It is like the number one thing we need to do, forgive, and yet they won't forgive. It is hard for me to understand that. It's hard for me to understand if this, the Bible says it, God said it, Christ said it, I've said it. You've got to forgive in order to be free. But yet the people go and they judge. They don't forgive. They still, uh, it, it's weird. It just... Forgiveness is what you got to do in order to live this life. You're not going to live this life that we're talking about until you can learn to love. That's why Satan can overtake you as well. Go ahead. You know, a good example of that is what's been happening in the Middle East recently. I, and now I, I, I think I understand a little bit more what Christ meant by love your enemy because I've been getting caught up into the emotion side of what's going on, you know, um, feeling angry about, you know, them burning the flag and this kind of thing and not really um, observing yeah. so that um, I say and do more rash things concerning that, you know, that, because the enemy does things to make you react and hopefully get you to overreact. To That's things. right. That's and right. They're no different. They're, they're like anybody else. So to see what to do, whether, you know, to just, to knock them out, destroy them, whatever. If you're caught up in the emotional so side So you get of it, mad about burning the flag yeah, because yeah. you are a judgmental person? Yes. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. I never, it never occurred to me to, to me to be angry about burning the flag. I don't, I know it shouldn't happen, but I'm, it, it didn't occur to me to be mad about it. I'm surprised that you get angry about that. Well, it's our sacred symbol of our country. But not for you to be mad about well, yeah, obviously. There's, there's never a reason worth, to be mad. Right. There's nothing worth trading in um, a good spirit for an evil spirit. Right. Yeah. Definitely. What were you going to say about the churches real fast? I was going to say that sin isn't talked about because the churches have washed away our sin. After you die, the blood of Jesus washes away all your <laughs> sins. And, you know, just because you believe that Jesus exists, that your sins are forgiven. And so yeah. go ahead on sinning. They'll all be washed away after you die. Oh, Okay. That's a good point. Yes, ma'am. Oh, I just had a comment. You were talking about um, people not forgiving. Yes. Even though some people have heard it over and over and over again. Over and 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 over. And they still get angry. And they still judge. They've heard it over and I even said, well, you know, when the challenge come. It's coming to save you, not to destroy you. But if, if you get mad about it, it'll destroy you. And yet what they do, they get mad. It's mind-blowing to me. And Why so, give people the answer if they're not going to take advantage of it? You know what I mean? I'm just thinking out loud here. Go ahead. <laughs> my question is, do you think that most, you know, we hear it, and that's step one, and we accept it. That's the next step. But... I was thinking that then the 
the the devil plays with a place with that thought and we sometimes repress it and we think that we have forgiven and then it just surfaces up again yes that happens too i've heard that a lot and i don't know how to get people to, well i know how to get them to do it and the way to overcome that you got to learn to be still if you want to know how powerful your ego is spend some time alone and don't have the radio on don't have the tv on don't have anything nobody is around give yourself an hour or two and see what happens to you the ego come uh, alive anybody ever tried that isn't it something it's painful huh? telling you all kinds of stuff they start telling you that oh you ain't nobody Nobody love you, and you don't love nobody. And then it tells you how to be somebody. Yeah. Right. It's amazing. That thing come you, alive when you're by yourself. And it gets you I, angry. This is why people can't stand to be alone. And you, if, they're, if they happen to be caught at home alone, they got the radio playing loud, they got the TV on, or they're on the telephone, or eating, or doing something, you know. <laughs> but you got to, you know, spend some time alone. You'll see what happens. It's really good to do that. Yes, sir. Uh, this is a question I was going to ask you earlier. Uh, so it was, um, is the devil or Satan able to counterfeit the knowing the, the, that, you, that you rely upon? Yes. That you, you said that it comes from the, your gut. Yes. Uh, as far as I understand. So you're saying he can counterfeit it? And if he can. He can counterfeit it. If you, like I was saying to John. When I tell him about this, let it go in one ear and out the other one. Because Satan take that and, and, and make John think, or at least try to, he'll, he'll try to make John think that this is God's voice. He will give something that looked like it's good and it'll make you feel good about it. And then he'll tell you, this is God's voice. And you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, he would do that. Anything we pick up on in our head, anything that we learn, especially spiritual things, he would take it and turn it against us. That's why it has to be discovered. It can't be learned. And so when you hear these things, don't hold on to them. It's in you to know them, but if you hold on to them, you would never know them. I think, yeah. Yeah, I think it, it's pretty complicated. I don't think I could... Um, yeah, I, I totally understand the idea. I don't think I could put that in words, though. That's pretty interesting. And yeah. I, I, I think I know sort of what you're saying. It's yeah, and the Bible talks about how things come as the light as well. If, if someone tells you when you pray, just be still and know the truth. Don't use words. And your body going to feel warm and you're going to feel the presence of God and you're going to see the lights. You have been told that before? And you'll go home and sit down to pray and all the lights will come on. And you think, wow, and he'll tell you, oh, these are the lights from God. <laughs> Have you ever noticed that? And then you feel good about your prayer because your body heated up and you saw the light. But God's not going to tell you these are the lights of God. Oh, this is the light of God. You just know it. But Satan will tell you that. That's the difference. Anybody ever had that happen? Yeah. That's, I'm telling you, the devil is something else. He is amazing in a wicked way. Um. I asked about sin, um, and um, he mentioned what's happening overseas, you know, how we're, uh, they hate us over there, they want to kill us, um, they hate the Christians and the Jews, the Muslims do, that religion does, and they are taught that, right? And look like now, they have more power or permission to destroy us than any other time since I've been alive and paying attention. And, and our government doesn't seem to care about protecting us. Have you noticed that? They don't, their job is to protect us, keep our military strong, and keep us informed and watch over us. But they don't seem to really care about that at this time. And so it, it made me think about sin even more so. And then I thought about how uh, when Adam sinned, be, before we didn't have these issues, and then Adam sinned, and everything changed. It changed the world, right? It turned it upside down. Everything went wrong. And it's the same way in our lives. 
When you sin, everything goes wrong. It's an upside down life. And in our country, we have a lot of abortion to be, to just come to pass. Abortion is so popular now that they want us to pay for it. I never thought that I would live in a country where, in my country, where people come out and say, hey, the government, I want to have sex with everybody and their mama. I don't want no baby, and I don't want to have to pay for it. And then there are people saying, yeah, that's right. You shouldn't have to pay for it. That's sin. Um, I've seen cities and towns be destroyed by earthquakes and all different kinds. That's due to sin as well. Sin is impacting us in a way that if you don't really pay attention to it by watching it in your own life, we're gonna, it's going to overtake us and destroy us. Because this is why these things are happening in sin. When we turn away from God, we turn towards sin, and only destruction can come uh, as a result of that. It's, it's something else what sin is doing to us in our country. And it is due to sin. You got kids who don't respect the elderly at all. That's due to sin. You know, kids curse at their parents. Parents let, allow their kids to bring their boyfriends and girlfriends home and stay overnight, sleep in the bed with them, and it doesn't matter. All that is destroying us. It's setting us up, our country up, and it's setting us up to fail in life. Ed, I want you to read something for me. It's early. I know. It's early. And I want you to see... Can use this? Yeah. I want you to see that it's happening all due to sin. Because when you love what's right and do what's right, these things cannot happen. Let me just take his question first. No, I'm just saying that uh, you say that... Oh, hold on a minute. You need to mic. Uh, just a scripture to back up what you were saying about, you know, the false prophets. It says, this is in 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen, that Satan can be... Tr- Satan transforms himself into an angel of light. How much more his false prophets and teachers on earth? That's amazing. It's mind-blowing. And it is able to just deceive you or wipe you out. I want you to hear this. This is in Exodus uh, 20. All right? The whole thing? Oh. Uh, Start with verse 1 and end at... This whole. Is that 23 or 21? 21. 21. Do I need this? Yes. Then God spoke all these words. He said, I am Yahweh, your God, who brought you out of Egypt, where you lived as slaves. You shall have no other gods to rival me. You shall not make yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything in heaven above or on earth beneath or in the waters under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them. For I, Yahweh, your God, am a jealous God, and I punish a parent's fault in the children, the grandchildren, and the great-grandchildren among those who hate me. Hold on a moment. Isn't that something? Because of what you do wrong, your kids suffer, their kids suffer, suffers, their kids, and so on and so on. That's amazing to me. And I see this all the time because I'm looking at... uh, how generations and generations of young kids are suffering now. And when they become an adult, they're stuck at home with their parents, and that's suffering too because of the sins of the parents. And I don't think people realize, wow, my 40-year-old son is living with me (laughs) due to sin, my sin. How many of you think of that? Oh, you do think about that? Oh, good. What made you think? Go here, John. What made you think of that? Because most parents say, oh, it's because they're lazy and because of this or that. I had nothing to do with it. What made you think of it? Uh, I just, I see it. You know, I see a lot of uh, angry people my age. And I... And you you realize it because their parents have sinned? I see that they're still sinning. They're still, they don't see it. I see a lot of enabling. And I see a lot of, uh, you know, growing up, we... You know, my at least my generation or my group, we thought, okay, we went to school, went to college. That was going to fix all our problems. Yeah. And I, I've seen that we're out of school. We, some kept going to school, and we focus on getting this great job. And you kind of wake up one day and say, okay, my life still, I can't get over these issues that yeah. I've had since I was six years old. That's right. My, with my, with my oldest son. 
he was born out of wedlock, and uh, uh, as a result of that, his life ended up just like my life. He ended up making a baby out of wedlock. And I tried to warn him, do not live with this woman, get married, but he wouldn't listen. It was like, wow, I'm like, wow, he can't even listen to what I'm telling him, you know? And so after the baby was born, they broke up. Same thing with me and his mother. And then he went and lived with another. Maybe I shouldn't tell all his little business. (laughs) (laughs) But it's my fault. (laughs) It's my fault. Oh, I'm sorry. Hold on. Children, great-grandchildren, all the things you did. Yeah. Now, didn't you just say that you're not supposed to think about the past? This is not the past. This is happening generation no, to generation. Wait but, but wait. I mean, you're saying, all right, I did all these things wrong. My children are suffering. My grandchildren are suffering. Right. Their grandchildren suffer. And, uh, I mean, that's the future and the past and all that. That's not in the moment. Yes, it is. So because how, how do you The only that? way I could realize that is that God is revealing it to me. Now, well, I saw it a while back now. Telling you what you did in the past, though. Yeah, but 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 not like in a way that I'm being uh, it driving me nuts now. I realized the spiritual aspect of life and the reason that my son had to suffer the way he did because his father was spiritually wrong. And so that I sinned and that sin was passed down to him. And now it's being passed down to his children. Uh, and, and unless somebody, one generation realized Oh, I'm wrong here. It'll be passed down to the next generation. But I'm not thinking of the past in a way that I want to go and live that way or false future in that this is what's going to happen to me. Or fix the past? I fixed the past by overcoming my sins. You know, watching myself and overcoming. Today. In the moment, yes. Right now. Yes. Not Not reviewing what you did in the past. Not what? Not reviewing what you did in the past, feeling crappy about it, feeling... N- not, that's a good point. Or not thinking about looking how at, I'm going to fix it next time. Not, look, not looking at my past and judging myself for it anymore. Because you can see what went wrong and don't hate it, then you can overcome it. It won't work with your mind. It won't keep you there. Hmm. You know what I mean? Not yet. But I will. Not yet. I will. I'll figure it out. There's a way... Like I, ask I, I, God, do, I do sense what you're saying. There is a different. What you're saying to me is this: that look, I, you can see what you did. Yes. That's not living in the past. Most people see. That's right. Most people see what they have done, and then they hate what they see that they have done. Yes. I was able to see it, but not hate it anymore. But feel sorry about it. To see that I was wrong, he also caused me to repent by causing me to feel sad about what I had done wrong, instead of judging myself and hating myself for it. All right. So you can look at that's a very good point. Uh, uh, whatever your name is. Yeah. <laughs> I only knew I've known him 22 years. You know, I'm not sitting on that side. So I know. Anyway. Yeah. Now my left side can't think. <laughs> Do you understand that? You need to see what you have done wrong. But don't hate it. And that way you don't have to trip on it. That makes sense. You look confused. Refreshing in a sense. Oh, good. <laughs> oh, good. Patrick said something to me this week. He said that the one thing he re- and I may not be quoting him exactly. He said the one thing he said I realized about myself is that when I became religious, he became judgmental. Prior to being religious, he wasn't judgmental about the things he did that were wrong. It looked like he was able to get over them easier, but now. He judged himself based on religious ideas. That's not good to do that. That is not healthy, as the liberals would say. It's not healthy. Um, <laughs> uh, I want you to see this thing about how these sin- the sins of the parents are being passed on. But you can't see it with your eyes. You see it in the action of the kids. They act just like you or even worse. But I bet you people never think, wow, my kids are like this because I sin. And then go to the kids, as I did with my son, and I said, you know what, son? The reason you're doing this is because of me. I sin, and now you're doing the exact same thing. And this is why I tried to warn you beforehand. But I realized you had to go through it to see it, because he's waking up now. He's starting to see it. But uh, your sins are passed on to your children. Yes, Mary. Well, when you 
as you said, you know, you see you did wrong and you are sad about it. Yes. Is it okay to be sad about it again? Because you know it comes back around. Well, you're not, you're going to only be sad one time about it. I know, but. The real sadness that causes you to repent, it only, it's, it only comes one time. And the reason I'm making that point, because Satan can make you judge it, and, he, and then you'll feel sad about it, and he'll say, oh, this is God making you sad, so now you're repenting. And you're like, oh, yeah, that's cool. And then you're going down the road, and you're sad about it again. That's not from God. Well, it's just noticing that I'm sad about it. Is that the but, thing? But see, God doesn't want you to be sad. He doesn't want you to spend a lot of time with being sad. Right. That's why when you're still, he will cause you to repent. He will bring you a sadness that is not from Satan. Oh, okay. And once he, see, of ourselves, we can do nothing. Meaning that we can't even make ourselves sad to repent. Yeah. Well, Isn't that something? It's kind of like, <laughs> you know, I, I have felt the sadness. But then sometimes I'll think about my son or my daughter and I'll say, oh, that's too bad. <laughs> you know, so, yeah. something like that. The reason I know about this sad thing, yeah. this sadness, because I didn't know that kind of sadness existed. But I'm sitting and praying when he caused me to repent. He gave me a sadness that allowed me to just see I was wrong. Right. And, and it was like, see that. It, but it wasn't like a sadness that came from my mind. Right. But just. And he gave it to me okay. to make me sad. Ain't that something? Yeah, it's not the mind. It's just like a. Awareness about it, or consciousness about it, or something. When I see my kids suffering, suffering now. Yeah. In all honesty, I feel nothing about it. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Because I've already told them the truth. I've told them how to get there. I told them what to do, and 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 they got to go through what they got to go through now, and hope that hopes I uh, hope that that will wake them up. Oh. Okay. So I feel nothing about it. Oh, okay. So then just. Yeah. So when they come whipping and whining, I'm like, I told you. Suffer and die. I tried to tell you, but you have to take this route. Right. Oh, okay. So then that's it. All right. Yeah, I don't be feeling sad for them over and over and over. They're going to mess up my life. I know, because it's like, well, <laughs> right, because that's what it does. You yeah. keep thinking, well, yeah. If, when you go through all that sadness for knuckleheads that won't listen, yeah. your life being destroyed. Right, right, because you keep on you keep, yeah. try, trying to. <laughs> Trying. <laughs> and if you notice, sadness for them don't change nothing. No, no, just changes you. It, if it does anything, it let them see that you feel sorry for them, and now they want to borrow some money. <laughs> In your sadness. Have you noticed that? Yeah. They, they got a pitiful story, you giving into it. Sadness doesn't work like that. Let me take this young lady that I come to. And then I have to finish this. It seems like, well, first of all, you said that. Speaking to the mic. First of all, you said that once you learn your sin, then you stop it. Did you say that? Yes. You start to overcome. You do, but then you. Oh, you mean stop it for the next generation. For the generations, right? Right. But it doesn't seem like that happens. It seems like if you didn't show it to them by example, you can't tell it to them. Because, like you said, your son, you have to tell, you told him, but he can't hear it. Right. And I'm what? seeing that with my son. I mean, I can tell him, but if I didn't show it to him, he can't see it because he's already. Oh, that's a good point. You can't show it to him if he doesn't want to see it. You have to let him suffer. Well, what I'm saying because is Because it has already made a home in him. Right. That's what so I'm saying. So it's there. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying I've already made, it's already made a home in him. I yeah. couldn't show it to him by example. Right. Living. So once I made the mistake, now I'm trying to show him what the correction should be, but he can't hear that. That's right. And then that seems to continue it for the next generation, the next generation. Yes, ma'am. Because I'm already seeing that happen, too. Yes. And that's sad. <laughs> that's, care for that. <laughs> that's why you have to, once you realize about your life and what caused the problem for your children, then you go to them and apologize. You know what, kids? You're suffering because of my sin. I was wrong. I'm sorry about this. I'm suffering because of my parents' sin. And then once you do that, there's nothing else you can do. You back away from them and leave them alone at that point and let them go and fall in a ditch. But the problem is a lot of parents won't back off. They keep trying to save them. You can't save people spiritually. 
and giving them wealth and all that kind of stuff is only keeping them in that thing, in that condition. You have to back away. In the right way. But she won't back away, huh? I can't hear you. No. <laughs> but isn't that true, though? You have to just back away and let them suffer. Yeah, that's true. But I see it. My grandchildren are, just, yeah. like you said, out of control. And, yeah. and they're very disrespectful and stuff. And, you know, when I try to... And if you notice, the next generation them, get worse. They're getting worse. And you, yeah. can't, you can't whoop it out of them. You can't... No. All these things you thought maybe happened before, you could change, but you really can't. That's right. You guys understand that? You can't change them. Once it's locked in, you can't change it. I was, I was talking to some parents way that live way over yonder somewhere. And, and, and I'm saying this so that you guys can't figure out who it is. I see minds working. And I was saying to the parent, I asked the child, what's wrong? And the child said, my mother won't stop doing this. She just keep doing this and doing this. And, she, and the child start crying. And she just won't stop. And I say, look, don't you hear what your child is saying? She's saying, be patient. Stop treating me this way. And the parent said, it was mind-blowing to see it. I can't help myself. I can't help but do it. And I'm like, wow, this child doesn't have a chance. Because there was no sorrow in it or anything. But what, if, what if they couldn't help themselves? They can't help themselves, but they got to do something. If you get the warning that you're destroying your children and you continue to do it anyway, may God have mercy on your soul. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You don't say, oh, I can't help myself. That's true, but you, you don't say that in front of your kid. I'm sorry for what I'm doing, child. And then start changing it. I think there's a period when you... When you don't even feel sorry because you can't even help that. Yeah, it get to a point. You don't it, even see it that. It can get to a point where you can get a sense of joy out of seeing your kids cry and, mm -hmm. and be upset. Because that thing that lives in you, it starts feeling good about it after a while. Mm -hmm. It get life from seeing your kids suffer. I'm not sure about that, but... I know that for a fact. <laughs> okay. Isn't that something? Yeah. Uh, let me take this young man, then I come to you. Then, Ed, come back. Okay, here's my question for you. Is if every oh, word that we've learned or that we have that we have in the dictionary is not uh, sufficiently express spiritual terms, it's not, it doesn't accurately express uh, spiritual terms, every word in the dictionary cannot, you know, sufficiently express spiritual terms, then how do Christians have meaningful conversations? They don't. If you notice, they don't have meaningful conversations. And the only way they're going to have it, they have to be born again. They're going to have to see. They're going to have to be still long enough so God can reveal to them, then they can have it. So then it's the spirit behind the word that is most of the information it has nothing to do with that you it could be any word in the world but the same kind of information behind it it's the spirit behind the word right that is it all depends on the god that is revealing it to you even when you read the bible you can't understand the bible with your mind and most people are trying to do that even when you read the bible it should be revealed to you the holy spirit will reveal it to you otherwise you don't have it so then you, you could, if you're in the spirit, you could understand someone that's speaking Chinese? Someone that done what? Speaking Chinese. I doubt that. No, I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know. I'm just kidding. Yeah, I don't know. Um, there was some, yes, sir. Go right here, Darren. You know, when that child is suffering, um, that parent, is going to later on in life will suffer just as much, if not more, than that uh, child. Well, that's why I said, may God have mercy on your soul, because I see parents suffering right now. Uh, I, there are men and women who are living at home with their parents, and they're like 50 years old. I, I know people like that. And the parent is catching hell. And so is the child, because the child is feeling guilty and judging themselves for having to be at home with the parent at that age. And then somehow this goes on and on. 
I wanted to say to you, uh, Rhonda, my first sin with my son was to have sex out of wedlock. That was the first sin that I did. And the moment I did that, I passed it on to him. I didn't realize it at the time. I knew having sex out of wedlock was wrong, but I didn't realize that I was passing sin on to, to a, you know, a child. I, I couldn't see that at all. And so that set him up to do the same thing that I did, uh, especially with men, the fathers, you know, because we represent Christ on earth, and when we sin, it's over. It's absolutely over. So it was really in the Father. Yeah. Uh, come on, Ed. Did I get everybody? Okay. Oh, okay. Yes, ma'am. Like, if your son didn't know that you did that, would it still be passed on? Yes. Oh, okay. Because it's spiritual. If he didn't know that I had had sex out of wedlock mm -hmm. and he was born out of wedlock, would it still be passed on? Yes. Yes. Okay. I'm sorry? What if he wasn't born out of wedlock? And, and what the question? You had sex outside of wedlock, but he wasn't, you got married. I got you married before he... Was born. Was born. Mm -hmm. uh, my mother got married before I was born. And, you know, she had sex with my father out of wedlock. And she got married before I was born because it was an embarrassment to have children. And I suffered like 90 going north. And she was married before I was born. So no matter what, you're just going to suffer. Yes. <laughs> because you were born in sin. Well, we're born in sin, period. I mean, all of us are born in sin. I know, but meaning that my mother had already had sex with another man out of wedlock and then conceived me, that was the sin. Right. You know what I mean? Right, so, but you try to do the right thing later so that doesn't count at all? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really? That's a good question. <laughs> Unless we repent, it doesn't count. Hmm. We must repent. That makes sense? Then why do we have to get married then if we don't if we're not if we're trying to do something better. We're trying to do something better. You know, we're trying to fix what we broke, even though I know what you're saying, you're not repentant, so you're still not fixing it. But on the surface or some part of it is, is you're trying to fix it. Right. So does that count at all? Does it help anything? No, it just it for the time. Help society? The only way we can fix it is that we have to change. And then your children still have to go through what they got to go through until they suffer enough or they're old enough to repent. But once you change, you're going to change in the way you deal with them. You know, you won't mm -hmm. spoil them anymore. You won't, you'll make them earn their way. You'll start changing the way you deal with them. And then when they're old enough, they will repent. And the problem with that is there's no examples of that going around. That's the problem. Still, that is a problem. In, the, in this late time of, you know, the century, there's still no examples of that. Yeah. And that's why the, we're about to lose America because we don't have enough examples of that. Mm -hmm. And then if someone should come forth who is like that, whether it's a man or a woman, Satan try to destroy you. Oh, yeah. He'll destroy you. He'll wipe you out so that that example is not there. Right. Isn't that something? It's, it's, it is something. It's terrible. Yeah. Yes. You know, in that respect, I can see that uh, as our nation becomes more ungodly through the generations, that there will come a time where even if, let's say, even if we get Barack Obama out this time, as we Well, as it has we stay nothing corrupt, to do with Barack Obama. Pardon me? It has nothing to do with Barack Obama. No, I'm saying as we, even if we get him out, uh, as our generations keep getting more and more corrupt, we're just going to vote in someone even worse next time and vote him in for two terms. And One thing about sinning, you can't see the right decision to make. Yeah, so. So here's what I want you guys and ladies to do. Did you have your hand, Hermes? Yeah, I was going to ask. I think one of the points that I think you're making is that regardless of whether your sin can be seen or witnessed by your kids and those around you, it's still going to be passed down. Whatever you're doing in secret, I mean, it doesn't matter. It's still going to be passed. If you're doing it, it is going to be passed down. Yes. Because a lot, good example of that, a lot of parents who are not married, they would go and have sex with someone, 
but not at home. And they say, oh, my kid's not seeing it. It's spirit to spirit. If you're a sinner, your kids will become that way too. That's why Christ never sinned. He wanted to be that perfect example for us so that we can do it too. And if we're not a perfect example for our kids, then they're going to suffer. When you get married, you're supposed to become a perfect example to your kids. And they're looking at you, especially with the Father. They're looking at the light. If that light is out due to sin, then we have this. Yes. Just one quick follow-up. At what point does does your sin become your own sin and not your uh, your sin impacting your your kids. In other words, I mean, at a certain point, they have their own sin. You've got your sin. No, they have your sins. Right. And then because I mean, of your sin, say eighteen or twenty. And because of your sin, they started to add on their right. own sins. So they got yours and their own. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Anybody disagree with this or understand what I'm saying? Here's what I want you to do. I want to bring that word back, that word sin. And when you're dealing with people, I want you to use that word as a reminder. And they don't say, oh, no, I'm not a sinner. You need to use that word and hope that it'll start waking up people. Because one of the things that the devil has done, not only he deceived us in ways, but he's taken these words away from us. Have you noticed that? Nothing is a sin anymore. Come here. Let me just finish this because of time. Something about your mama. (laughs) But I act with faithful love toward thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. After the great-grandchildren piece, right? Okay, go ahead. I forgot. You shall not misuse the name of Yahweh your God, for Yahweh will not leave unpunished anyone who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath, Sabbath day and keep it holy. For six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath for Yahweh your God. You shall do no work that day, neither you nor your son nor your daughter nor your servants, men or women, nor your animals, nor the alien, <laughs> alien living with you. For in six days Yahweh made the heavens, earth, and sea, and all that these contain. But on the seventh day he rested. That is why Yahweh has blessed the Sabbath day and made it sacred. Honor your father and mother so that you may live long in the land that Yahweh your God is giving you. You shall not kill. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false evidence against your neighbor. You shall not set your heart on your neighbor's house. You shall not set your heart on your neighbor's spouse or servant, man or woman, or ox or donkey, or any of your neighbor's possessions. Seeing the thunder pealing, the lightning flashing, the trumpet blasting, and the mountain smoking, the people were all terrified and kept their distance. Speak to us yourself, they said to Moses, and we will obey. But do not let God speak to us, or we shall die. Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. God has come to test you so that your fear of him, being always in your mind, may keep you from sinning. So the people kept their distance while Moses approached the dark cloud where God was. Thank you. One thing I want to say, too, is that it's okay to take one day of rest. You know, not have to work, don't be thinking about working, just do nothing. But the problem is your ego won't let you take that day of rest. That's why you're always trying to find something to do. Take a day of rest. All right? And uh, there was something else I wanted to say. But all these things that he read are happening now in a big way. And it's due to sin. It's due to sin. I want you to be aware of that word. It's a very important word. They don't want you to use it anymore. When you, when you say abortion is a sin, when you say same-sex marriage is a sin, when you speak about having children out of wedlock, they say, oh, you can't be that. That's mean. That's hard. How are you going to be that way? No, you got to be that way. You really do. Otherwise, we're going to be wiped out. This sin thing is out of control right now. And there's a big denial about it. And it's out of control. Last word, Austin. What about we was all saved by grace? What, what grace stand? Grace don't stand apart in sin. That's a good question. We are saved by, all of saved by grace. I'll answer that for you next Sunday. Very good question. We're out of time. I can't answer it now. 
<laughs> well, look, get rid of your anger, be still and know God, know thyself, so things can start changing for you, all right? I appreciate you tuning in. We provide counseling for you as well if you should need it, all right? Thank you so much. For more information, to purchase a copy of this program or to make a donation, visit us on the web at bondinfo.org or call 1-800-411-2663. That's 1-800-411-BOND. You're already home.